Hello, college football fans, and welcome to episode 14 of College Football Throwdown. I am your co-host, Alex Schmitz, and today I'm joined by my dad, Peter Schmitz. Good evening. <laughs> yes, good evening to you all. Uh, we are here today to talk about the um, Nebraska-Southern Mississippi game and, uh, and to preview the upcoming games for us in the Big Ten, most notably the Illinois game this weekend. Uh, but first, we're going to, as I said, uh, talk about the Southern Mississippi game, and uh, we had some predictions on the previous podcast, as we do. You know, we always do our best to predict. And uh, Dad, you said that you you believed that the score was going to be forty eight seventeen, and uh, I said thirty five seventeen. So both of us ended up being pretty wrong there. Yeah, that's true. You know, uh, I mean, I. I... They didn't expect it, but if you if you look at how we kind of fell apart in the fourth quarter, if you kind of separate the game, uh, the rest of the game from that, y- you realize that we were both along the right path. If we had simply uh, done a better job in the red zone of, of converting into touchdowns, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and we didn't kind of get a little tight there defensively at the end and and kind of let them back in it. Um, you know, three quarters of the game went according to what we were expecting. Yeah, I mean, that's my biggest takeaway was that honestly, I thought our defense played pretty well in the first half of the game. You know, keeping them to twenty-two to nothing. You know, as our as our offense was kind of like struggling to score, get touchdowns, and our defense was kind of there to step up and you know keep them from scoring, which was good. Uh, but we basically had the same issue Miami had against us, and that. We were moving the ball, but we weren't getting seven. We were having to sell for field goals and ended up biting us in the butt just like it did with Miami. Exactly. You just you, you can't put yourself in that situation offensively and not come away with the full seven points uh, with some regularity. When you, when you have five field goals in the first half, that's not good. Mm-hmm. Although I will say we talked about this a bit on our last podcast, how you know they weren't a uh, they weren't a pushover team. You know they had some athletes, and I definitely think uh, their defense impressed me with certain uh, plays. Particularly, they had a defensive tackle who made a couple plays, a big boy who was definitely a good player on their side. Yes, that's that is true, Alex. I mean, and that's the thing is that. You know, anymore, every team's got a few of those kinds of players. And uh, you'd like to think that Nebraska would have a few more than we do. Uh, and that's part of where all these injuries we've been experiencing, you know, it has an impact because all of a sudden you're having to cover up for some things that, that you weren't expecting, you know, as a coaching staff to, to deal with. And, uh, and that can get tough. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Um, but we did have some bright spots with the with the game. Um, we had uh, Andy Janovich, who hadn't played much up to that point, even though he's now a senior, I believe. Um, but he had some great runs, you know, just powering through, not giving up. You know, I could, you could hear the crowd was loving him and how he was working hard. Absolutely. And actually, Andy's been a, a significant player for us. He's been our, our starting fullback for a couple of years now. It's just that in the previous regime's offense, he, he only saw the field occasionally. And through four games in this offense, he's seen the field a little bit more, but primarily you know, in a, in a, in a blocker or an H-back type of a role. 
mm-hmm. and now uh, they finally started letting him loose. But since his freshman year, he's been a, one of these freak athlete type players that and tough guy, you know, that everybody loved and always talked about. But then we never gave him the opportunity to show what he could do, and finally we did. And sure enough, we see this. So it's a little bit frustrating to me because I I feel like uh, he's he's had that ability for his entire career, and now we're finally getting a little chance for him to demonstrate it. And another little thing I liked was that uh, there were like I remember we had like like a double reverse I think on one play and another play where we did like a wildcat thing. Um, there was a couple like kind of trick plays we threw at them. And uh, I like that aggressiveness. You know, that's that's something we saw a lot of under Bo, and I kind of hope that um, that's something that's changed in the transition. Right, and, and well, and I, I think uh, I think you'll see more of that. It was disappointing that that little uh, you know reverse pass thing didn't didn't work. But I, I like the fact that if it wasn't there, you know, that uh, Turner was smart enough to tuck it and get what he could ended up being a, a reasonably positive play with a few yards and you go back to the drawing board. But, but, uh, and there may be another time where you can use that or use another trick play off of it, you know, if nothing else. Yep. And another high point would be, um, Drew Brown, although he missed the important field goal in the fourth quarter, besides that, I mean, he had a fantastic day. I think he broke his own, uh, record long twice, you know, from 50 mm-hmm. then into 51 yards. Um, mm-hmm. So he proved that, you know, he is a weapon that we can use on special teams. Yeah, you'd like you'd like for him to continue to show consistency, and he, he ended up missing his last two opportunities, if I, if I remember correctly. And you don't like uh, kickers that end up being uh, streaky in a negative way, meaning once they miss a, a field goal, then it's like, all their confidence kind of falls apart and then their whole mechanics falls apart and they start rethinking too much, you know, and it seems like Drew is still in that stage where he's still developing as a kicker. And so if mechanically he starts to, to, to miss, he immediately uh, kind of has to go back to the drawing board and do a bunch of kicking to get himself back. Right. And, mm-hmm. and you want a guy that it's like a golf swing, right? You want a guy that can go right back up there and hit the next one right down the middle of the fairway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so talking about overall thoughts about the game, um, this was honestly probably the game I was maybe the most frustrated with out of the ones we've had up till now because even though the BYU game and the Miami game were more painful because of the abruptness of how we lost them, um, in both those games, like, we, you know, we played hard, you know, and we, in those games, it was early on, we struggled, you know, but then later on, we found a groove and, you know, and made something happen. Whereas in this game, we had control, we were dominant, and then we lost it, you know, and, and it seemed like maybe our players kind of thought that we had the game in the bag after going up 22 nothing, and, you know, didn't play as hard in the second half. So that kind of has me worried. I'm a, we'll talk about this, what our, uh, what our prospects are for the Big Ten season now that we're getting into that. Right, right. And I would like to talk a little bit more about that rather than spending a great deal more time uh, talking about this game. This game was uh, a little bit of a microcosm of the season in that it it was the same inconsistent. It was just reverse maybe of what we've been seeing uh, where instead of uh, having some success later in the game, we had success early and then then, uh, fell, fell a little bit off. Now I would I would say Alex I don't think 
it was necessarily that the guys got overconfident or were relaxing or whatever. I think it was much more of an issue where um, where the other team was having some success moving the football against us, but we just kept finding ways to stiffen up defensively and keep them from scoring, and they missed a field goal or two. Uh, but but the more significantly for us was the fact that our defense um, um, was, you know, doing okay. But then once they kind of broke through with a couple of big plays, then all of a sudden the defense started to kind of fall apart a little bit, to kind of go into disarray. And, and Mike Riley, in fact, talked about that here this week already in some of the press conferences he's had since the game, where, you know, that's something that as a coaching staff, they're really trying to analyze and figure out what is it that, that's causing our team to, to maybe default to, to not trusting the, the concepts of the, of the scheme and starting to kind of guess and speculate uh, and, and all, all, everything breaks loose and, and falls apart when people start trying to make their own uni- universal decisions, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that quote from Riley's press conference, and I wanted to talk about that as sort of a, one of those overall notes about like what we need to do or something that would be good for us to move forward with well, into the big 10 season yeah why um, don't you go ahead and do that then yeah you go ahead and uh, kind of hit on some of your things and and i'll do the same because i think that would be a good use of our time together yeah. today because obviously like the number one thing i'm most concerned about is like the well number one thing there's a lot of things i'm concerned about but probably yeah number one still for me would be you know the secondary like if if uh if these other teams in the Big Ten are able to pass it against us, you know, with wide open receivers like that, we're just going to struggle to win games against, you know, good teams like Wisconsin and Michigan State that can pass the ball well. Um, but I wanted to kind of, as a message to the fans, kind of based off what Riley was saying, that I think an important part about this is that it's not just about the scheme being difficult and the guys, you know, being new to the position, although that certainly is a big factor of it, it's also just the confidence thing, the trust thing that you were just talking about. And so I feel like as fans, we have to maybe, if, if fans have been kind of like being a little like frustrated with the secondary, you know, on social media and things like that, just try to tone that down a little because at this point, we're four games in, it's obvious that the secondary is an issue. The coaches know that, the players know that. So let's just kind of calm down and let them, you know, try to figure it out. Because I feel like if the fans keep blowing up every time we mess up in the secondary, then that's just going to, if those kids are seeing those things on Twitter, that's just going to mess with their heads even more. You know, we need them to build up that confidence that they can, you know, uh, perform the systems. Right. Uh, I- I, well, I agree with you I, uh, on one part. I mean, I, I absolutely am in, a, in agreement with you that I think it is a confidence thing, and I think that they have to develop the, the trust that the schemes and the system will work, it's designed to work, and they just have to execute the techniques that they're being taught, and even if they aren't sure the whys you know, of it. Uh, but I would, I would say that you know what the fans are saying on social media really uh, should have very little bearing on it if if it is then number one then those kids shouldn't be on social media if they can't filter uh, if they don't have the maturity to be able to filter the social media and they're being affected by fans complaining then our, our coaches need to figure that out and 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 strongly encourage or even require 
that those kids stop looking at social media and, and in any way responding because uh, that's fans being fans. Um, and you, you can't stop social media from existing. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's just the nature of, of the, 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 the time we live in. Yeah. And I should clarify, I not haven't really been following any of those things that closely, so I don't know if that has been a problem in terms of the oh, fans it, doing it, it or if the you know players have been affected by it. Either way, I was just thinking that like it, it would, I think as a fan base, it would just be healthy for us to try to you know dial back on that a little bit um, to try to encourage them. I'm a hundred percent in agreement with you there. So, Alex, uh, uh, to give you back the floor, um, why don't you share with me? So, one thing you're saying is is that is just to kind of uh, take a step back and 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 be patient is the message that you were saying with your first item there, your first bullet. What, what are the other things that you think need to happen uh, for this team to to you know right the ship, as it were, and start moving in a direction that might allow us to achieve our goals I uh, just as a premise you know both of us talked about the fact at the beginning of the season that you know we recognized that we didn't have a team that was necessarily uh, a team we expected it to, to contend for you know the the college football playoff or anything this year but that we had hoped given the schedule and the uh, and the status of our other Big Ten West opponents that we had at least a decent shot at maybe being Big Ten West uh, uh, divisional champions and, and get a chance to go to the Big Ten championship game, uh, which would be a lot of fun and, and be considered a successful season. Mm-hmm. But now here we sit two and two. What do we got to do? What's right. up and what do we got to do? There's, well, your, there's your question. Yeah, well, just as a overall kind of statement, because as I said, I was a little like my confidence was a little shook up by the Southern Mississippi game. You know, I'm always trying to be Mr. Positive because you're a bit of a negative Nelly when it comes to, you know, <laughs> the the Huskers in the heat of the moment. So I'm always there, you know, trying to calm you down and stuff. But uh, <laughs> so true, so true. But uh, but I was looking ahead at our schedule, and in terms of teams, I think we should be capable of beating uh, Illinois, Purdue, and Rutgers. All pop out to me on the schedules like teams that I think. We should be able to win, but then the other games, you know, Michigan State is the obvious one, you know, but Wisconsin, Northwestern, Minnesota, Iowa, you know, kind of our brethren in the, in that kind of middle ground of the, or the, or the teams that are going to be competing for that top spot in the West, I should say. Uh, I am not, not sure if we can win those football games um, as we are now, now getting into how we can improve that. Um, obviously, uh, under fixing the secondary and trying to, you know, get our guys acquainted with the system would be my probably number one, uh, request. And, um, number two would be that our linemen, both on offense and defense, just start trying to play with more aggressiveness. You know, uh, we, we've, we haven't been able to get ton Tons of pressure on the quarterbacks we've played so far. You know, not we haven't been like dominant, and we have done pretty well against the run overall. You know, in most of our games, it's the passing game where we've had the big yards come up against us. Um, but I'd like to see improvements on those fronts, and as well as in the running game on offense. You know, I like this. I like the West Coast offense that 
Um, we're running now, you know, where it's very much a 50-50, you know, we're splitting it evenly between passing and uh, running, and we're able to do that now because Tommy has made leaps and bounds in his passing game since last year, uh, which has definitely become a weapon for us. Um, but I'd like to see us, you know, give it to Amani Cross and Terrell Newby and have our linemen, you know, come back to that offensive lineman, open holes so they can, you know, get eight yards on a play, you know, and have our coaches be committed to, it's okay if you only get four y- yards on a run play, you know, if you get four yard average of four yards every run, you know, you could be getting first downs pretty often. So, you know, I'd like to see that kind of, uh, that kind of style mixed with this West Coast passing as well. I think if we could come up with that kind of a dynamic, our offense could be something really good. I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. What are your points then in terms of oh. what you'd like to see? Okay. Um, so um, somewhat similar, but but I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little different than you on the secondary thing. I, I agree that the numbers that the secondary has uh, had to withstand uh, ha- have been awful. And clearly we have some issues with our secondary folks. Um, and there have been some breakdowns and guys running wide open. Uh, but there's two things. One, I believe that a, a big part of the challenge that we have is that our defensive line uh, is simply not getting any pressure on the quarterback. And quarterbacks are having... They're way too comfortable back there, and that's why they're uh, being allowed to have these crossing patterns where all they need is a little bit of a pick. Uh, every team runs these various pattern combinations that create opportunities for collisions between players, inadvertent bumps that basically act like a pick in basketball, you know, and 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 knock one guy kind of off the path, and and that in and of itself doesn't necessarily translate to a wide open receiver that combined with lots of time however does and so i believe that uh, a big part of our secondary's lack of confidence is that they have gotten burnt and and so they their confidence is deteriorated but it's primarily because so often no one's even close to the quarterback so the quarterback has got clean lanes and they're be, they're able to throw that ball with accuracy because they ain't being bothered at all now, if, if all of a sudden they're hearing footsteps, that quarterback's hearing footsteps, and they're getting hounded and they're getting people are in their face and hands up in the air and that sort of stuff, all of a sudden they don't make as many of those perfect throws, you know, off the right shoulder, uh, you know, falling away or throwing the ball up short so that our defensive back runs into them and causes a personal foul penalty or a pass interference penalty, rather. You know, the, all of those types of things don't happen as often if they have to actually worry about getting drilled by a defensive lineman. So I believe the the fastest answer, the easiest answer for our secondary to improve its performance is not necessarily starting with the defensive backs. It's, it certainly includes them, but it's more about the defensive line. So that's my contention is defensive line has to play better. We have to do whatever it takes, whether it's a different rotation, it's a shift of personnel, you know, with Gangwich coming back, maybe we begin to see uh, the uh, Gangwich and, and um, uh, uh, Freedom, uh, uh, well, I'm not even going to try to say his name, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Akamola Dune, 
um, uh, get those two guys out there as a tandem of defensive ends. Maybe uh, if we want to uh, keep, um, um, you know, our, our other defensive end on the field, uh, let's get him in there maybe as a defensive tackle even because he's big enough to play that position. And, but, and I know he's, he's athletic. We may find that he's actually even a little better in that role. With all the defensive tackle injuries we have, it might be good to, to make that move. So, so there's some things we can do with our defensive line that would shake things up and, frankly, maybe find a, a combination that works. So that's number one on the defensive side. Linebackers, they just need to get healthy. I, I actually think the linebackers have played reasonably well um, at times this year, but then uh, uh, especially in the early games. But, but then here last week, um, you know, we, we've just had so much, uh, uh, so little continuity within that group that I, I just don't think they've been able to get to where they need to be. So I'm hopeful that with the return of, uh, of Josh Banderas and uh, hopefully uh, uh, another game uh, health and some health for newbie Marcus newbie that will begin to see some continuity out of that group and if we get that then I think our, our defense might st- tend to shore up a little bit now offensively uh, with uh, with our, our offensive line is the key in my in my view I know that the coaching staff has put a lot of pressure on on the running backs indicating that they need to do a better job of picking the right hole and making the right cut you know there's some cutback lanes that they've missed those kinds of things and i think that there's absolute truth in all that and those guys have got to improve but by the same token i'm going to suggest to you that our our offensive line play has to improve and and i'm and i'm hopeful that 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 if it did then our coaching staff would begin to feel better about doing some more substituting because they would begin to see that that group you know act in unison and, and with some continuity and they would feel better about uh, about putting some other players in there as well. Right now, I think they're just feeling like those guys need every snap they can get just to get their themselves on the right page. And and then finally, the other thing is we we can't keep having you know ten or eleven penalties a game. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we need to we need starting with this game to not have more than six or seven for the entire game. I mean, if if you end up with six penalties or seven penalties, that's it. Uh, and you can't be having this repeat stuff where you're having all these motion and shift penalties, these illegal procedure penalties, um, as well as your typical one or two holding calls uh, every every time. So, so definitely uh, there has been some difficulty in transition, both offensively and defensively, to the new schemes that are being introduced. And that's why we don't seem like a very well-oiled machine. We're trying to run an offense that's, that's, that's complicated from the standpoint of all the motions and, and things that they're trying to get done, they need to simplify that or get these guys on the same page. They can't be uh, making those mistakes, flat and simple. Can't, can't afford it. Mm-hmm. So those are my things. Improve penalties and offensive and defensive line play and just health. Yeah, I definitely agree with the penalties thing. That's something I forgot to mention, but that's been our Achilles heel in hey. a lot of these games. I, I forgot to open our uh, proverbial beverage, oh. so I better jump jump on that. We got we just jumped right into everything, so it's time for me to cool down now. I'm already fired up. Ah, <laughs> oh, there, there we go. Now oh, it's a cool right. down. There um, you go. But uh, I think you know it was interesting. A lot of what you said 
continuity came up, you know, both with you talked about that with the linebackers and also with the offensive line and, you know, with the penalties too, you know. I mean, I think a lot of this just comes down to the simple fact that we are transitioning between two very different schemes, you know, two different, very different styles of coaching. You know, we had a lot of injuries, so that ruined the continuity that we already did have coming out of fall practice. So all those things have kind of combined to make this a tough transition. And, you know, uh, I want to see us turn this season around, but if we were to not, let's say, and we end up like 6-6 six and six or something like that, you uh-huh. know, that would suck definitely but uh but i think we got to you know view this as a season where a lot of things got stacked against us and riley is in a transition period you know this is his first year and learning who these players are and them learning him all that sort of stuff um and then look to you know the following year and year three as you know our points of growth as become accustomed to that System now. Obviously, I don't want that to happen, but I think that could happen. Right, and 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 I hope that our fan base has that long range, longer view type of approach. Because frankly, we, we have to just get comfortable with the fact that that uh, Coach Riley is our is our coach. He is a experienced coach who's surrounded himself with an experienced staff. They may not be perfect in every way, shape, or form, but. The truth is, is no staff really is, and uh, given our circumstance and where we where we're at in terms of uh, talent, personnel, uh, resources, everything, uh, our best option as a fan base is to just be as supportive as we can be, no matter what happens. And uh, I there is a lot that I've seen that I'm very pleased with. I mean, uh, I like a lot of what I'm seeing uh, on our offense in terms of its diversity and the ways, the different ways we're trying to use personnel. I love all of that. Um, the 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 only the only desire I have is that I hope that when we demonstrate the ability to run the football a little more effectively, that we stay more committed to it. I, you know, it's an it's a car, uh, what is it the chicken and the egg thing, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if uh, if Langdon and, and Riley are calling games with so much passing because that's what they have confidence in. And, and they're not as confident in the running game uh, because they see practices, obviously, and evaluate players every day? Or is it truly that philosophically they don't have any interest in running the football? Uh, uh, and and my, my concern is that, you know, that history says philosophically they want to throw the ball more than run it, more than run it. And, of course, Nebraska fans are almost in, in, uh, ingrained at birth with the idea that our, our, our DNA is to run the football. We're a, a Northern school and all that. Uh, and so I'm, I'm hopeful that, you know, Riley and his staff are figuring that out and understand that as much as their lip service says they do. And if that's true, then we will see uh, a greater commitment to running once, you know, that confidence is improved and those linemen earn it basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one thing I wanted to bring up because we uh, we were texting with one of our relatives, Steve, um, after the game, and we were he brought up the idea that um, that some of he wondered he was he was theorizing that some of this like uh, flat playing that we're seeing from some of the players, or you know the the fact that you know they weren't able to you know tighten down and 
come through, you know, uh, when we needed, like, the big plays in the red zone and stuff like that in the Southern Miss game. You know, if that's a holdover from our previous coaching staff, you know, do you think that's because of some something that's Bo's kind of left behind? Or or is that is that just an issue Riley has to deal with with these players? Well, I, I don't think there's any question that there is some holdover uh, from the previous staff in terms of just the fragile psyche of, of our team and our players. And, and I think that there was there was uh, regularly some questioning of the coaching that they were getting, and that's what produced some of the explosively bad play that we would get in certain games where we just got completely blown out and it looked like our guys had no idea what they were doing. And, and, and so they have this kind of history of having a fragile uh, personality, for lack of a better description. And, and so that mental toughness or lack of mental toughness is definitely something we want to see. Uh, and we've seen great effort and guys not giving up, but we've also seen times when they almost seemed uh, disinterested in kind of going through the motions because they were thinking too much. They, they, they just weren't, uh, they weren't reacting instinctively and with aggression. And even this year, we continue to see it. So is it the players? Is it the coaches? You know, this is the second group of coaches. So, so I, I think some of it is the, that, that psyche element of the players just isn't there yet. I don't, I don't know that there's full bo- there's not full buy-in yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's another thing Riley and the coaching staff will have to work through as the season progresses. Yeah, um, well, and Co- Coach Riley has all but said and admitted that that's true and that they're trying to figure that out. Mm-hmm. All right, and... Um, as a final kind of note, why don't we talk about a little bit about the actual Illinois game um, and give us some our little our uh, what do you want to say our, predictions? Yeah, predictions. I wanted to come up with a good adjective for it. You know, our traditional predictions, our weekly predictions, something like that. Got, got it. <laughs> but got uh, it. yeah, I mean, this is an away game, so that's going to be difficult for us right out of the gate. Um, yep. But I was looking at Illinois' schedule. And they blew out two teams in their first two games and then lost to North Carolina pretty badly, I believe. And then this last week they won, but it was close against a lesser opponent. Um, So I think this is a team that we may uh, struggle with. I mean, I think it's going to be a close game, but I do think we're the better team and that we should be able to beat them. Okay, I, I would I would agree with your general assessment. They are a team that does have some real talent on it. I mean, you watch them, and they have some individual players that will just jump jump out of the film on you and say, "Wow, that that guy's a talented player." Uh, but they just haven't been able to put it all together. And it looked like they were beginning to certainly early in the season. Those first couple of games, you you were left with the impression that maybe they had turned a corner when they fired their coach, and and all of a sudden they're. Uh, their coordinator was promoted up to the you know temporary head coach that he had gotten them going in the right direction uh, and and I think he, they're definitely improved over last year and previous years so um, uh, but then they played North Carolina who's a who's a very good football team you got to keep in mind that North Carolina played South Carolina in the first game of the year and um, and and frankly should have beaten South Carolina and but wasn't quite able to do it. So North Carolina is a very salty team. And so the fact that they beat 
uh, Illinois is not a surprise at all. So I, I, I don't point to that game and say, oh, Illinois must not be any good. No, North Carolina is just a good football team. And so they lost to a good football team. Um, and, uh, and so I would agree with you. I think this is going to be a tough game. I think it, it, could, it could be made easy if we simply execute and, and stop the mistakes uh, that we've been um, putting in our own road, our own path. If we just did the right things um, um, with more consistency, I think uh, athletically we, we are the superior team overall. Uh, but given that it's an away game, given that I think you know, they're sitting three and one, their, their team's feeling pretty good that they have a chance to, to compete in the West Division because it's wide open. I think they're going to come into this game with every expectation that they can beat us. And uh, our team, on the other hand, is still trying to figure out who we are, and I'm not sure where our mental state is. I, I'm not sure where, you know, whether we're as confident in ourselves and our schemes, our coaches. I don't know that's all that we're all on the same page right now. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be really interesting. I see us if we're going to do it for this season, it's going to happen this week. Because the following week is the Wisconsin game, and and, and and we're not all of a sudden going to figure it all out against Wisconsin. So we gotta we got to show that we've figured it out this week, that we've made major strides in the concentration area, where the penalties are coming from, and where the breakdowns in secondary play are, and not letting people pick us off on, on simple little uh, combo routes. We cannot allow that stuff to keep happening. And if we don't... Um, uh, then we're in trouble. If we are able to be successful, then I think it might be the beginning of us showing what we can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think this is a definite turning point in the season because you know now is if we if our goal is to win, go to the Big Big Ten championship game, then this is where it really starts mattering because those losses against the non-conference teams don't affect that, and we're never planning on competing for the national title regardless. So we can kind of try to mentally put push those losses aside just focus on the here and now um mm-hmm. and i was thinking even i heard that um demorty personnel is back in practice now um which is definitely good to hear but i think if the coaches are even a little bit su- suspect of his injury they should leave him out of this game and save him for the wisconsin game because that's where we really need him to be you know at his best and so i think if there's any right. doubt in their minds leave him out of this game uh, i would i would agree I, i'm hopeful that uh, the morning does not play and that he remains on the sidelines continuing to improve himself and his uh, um, health uh, i would very much believe that we want to get josh Banderas back out there playing and, and Marcus uh, uh, Newby uh, out there playing and Vincent Valentine out there playing. Those guys, because uh, they're all on, on the defensive side, obviously, uh, where we need desperate help. I, I want those guys to play if there's any way they can play because we're going to need them. I believe that this Illinois team is going to challenge us, uh, and I don't think we're going to – you know, everybody keeps talking about how good our run defense is. I think after this week we will be exposed for having a good – run defense but not nearly as good as the stats our stats are good because nobody's actually running the ball against us they're just throwing it because it's so easy to do yeah well and like as i talk about the southern mississippi game i mean they did try to run it against us because they had some success with that in uh, previous games and we 
did stuff them on a number of occasions. So absolutely, you know. But there's the question of you know that's Southern Mississippi. You know, well, we're doing that against Wisconsin. You know, will we be able to repeat that? Those stats. Exactly. Exactly. And and I'm going to be curious. You know, from a quarterbacking standpoint, are you know again if we can get some pressure on this guy and not let him sit back there and be Mr. Comfortable, uh, then I think that changes an awful lot of things for our overall defense and how we perform. So uh, that's the part that I'm, I'm really excited to see happen. And if we can have that happen, then I think all of a sudden we're going to begin to grow in confidence, and, and this Illinois game will be the first building block that leads us hopefully towards a, a very good season in which we maybe at least are in the thick of it late into the season for the Big Ten West Conference, or I mean, uh, divisional championship. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, is still the goal that I think, realistically, this team uh, has in front of it. Yep, I totally agree. So, in terms of predictions, uh, I'm going to go ahead and predict a victory for Nebraska, uh, 38-28. I think they, given that those points they put up on us, or, or put up on those teams in the first two games, like you say, they have some individual players, that are strong, and our defense is obviously still trying to get its identity together, so I think we're definitely going to give up some points. So my key for the game is if our offense can, you know, uh, continue to uh, do what it's done and, well, do what it's done in terms of making yards, but then actually being able to finish drives in the red zone, you know, and hopefully establishing that running game. I would love to see that with a 38-28 victory. You know, I, I'm in agreement with you. And that, it's actually very similar to the score last week. Uh, uh, and, and I'm going to say I would agree with you. I, I think our offense needs to be right in that mix. So I'm going to go a little higher. I'm going to say 42 for Nebraska. And, and I'm going to say um, 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 31 for, uh, for Illinois. So similar score, high-scoring game, uh, but we're going to continue to struggle. Uh, defensively, but I'm, I'm hopeful that we see some progress. Uh, and, and if we do, then it might end up being more of a 40, 42 to 21 type of thing. Um, so, but I'll, I'll go with my original one of, the, of 42 to 31 because I think we're still going to show some weakness on that defensive side. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I think we had a good discussion okay. there. Yeah, it was good to kind of do a more overall discussion, kind of looking ahead to the season, because as you say, this is kind of a turning point where we are right now. Right, and if, if you know, after this week uh, and we talk next week, Alex, it'll be a very different discussion about where our team is headed. That's right. All right, well, if you out there enjoyed listening to this podcast, you can email us at huskerrepeat13 at gmail.com. You can find us at footballthrowdown.podomatic.com, or you can visit the Podomatic app and find us there. We're also on iTunes. You can leave us uh, ratings and reviews there. We always like hearing from you guys. Any sort of feedback is always appreciated. Actually, I'm just being reminded of something. We, had a, uh, we did have a comment the other day. Uh, and I'm going to have to find it now. <laughs> okay. You know, uh, and uh, we, we had one from one of the previous podcasts that I, that I think we also neglected to address somebody who was expressing that they enjoyed the, the format and everything. And uh, they, uh, they, they particularly enjoyed the, the cracking of the beverage <laughs> and just thought that was a, a very good 
little addition, which I thought was humorous. Well, that was your brainchild, so congratulations. <laughs> yeah, yes, brainchild. We, we had uh, on our last podcast, um, AJ left us a comment on the Potomatic website. He said, can they write the ship with both guards playing poorly and the center is average at best? Also, the lack of usable depth at cornerback. All the injuries at the worst possible position. This looks and sounds like a 6-6 six and six team, which is not going to help with recruiting and will hurt the future. It's a pretty good summary uh, of, of what might happen. Uh, I would like to think that, that again, part of it is uh, just unfamiliarity and us getting up to speed and, and building our confidence in the systems that we have in place. And so I'm hoping that that, that in, internal uh, offensive line work, the guards in the center, you know, we really are struggling at center. I think the guard play, we will see that improve. And I'm hopeful that the center will just become more consistent at, at what he's doing uh, so that Tommy is not having the search for the football every time it comes uh, at him with, out of the snap. He needs to be able to have a little bit more confidence in that, in that center yeah. snap. But the guard play, which has been a little disappointing to this point, I, I expect that will improve as we go through the season. And, uh, it, but it's going to be interesting as we get into the Big Ten and the Big Ten defensive linemen who historically are pretty darn good. Yeah, I definitely concur on the point about the center, Even not even talking about his blocking, just focusing on snapping the football straight and not having to go so high all the time. You know, that right. sets Tommy back like by, you know, a fraction of a second, but that's enough to kind of throw off the pace of some of those offensive plays. Exactly. Um, so I'd love to see that get improved. Yep, I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. And 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 uh, uh, AJ is correct in that the, the the big challenge with this season is is that how how effective we are in terms of our play during Big Ten. I think will go a long ways in determining uh, the continued um, interest and ultimate success of of the recruiting class we're able to put together. And so having some success in these next four or five weeks is going to be critical because of, uh, you know, the decisions of the recruits. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I think that wraps up this episode of College Football Throwdown. Uh, Thank you out there for listening. And uh, we look forward to talking to you next week, where hopefully we'll be talking about a newly improved Nebraska that is shaping up to possibly compete for that Big West championship. That's right. Absolutely. All right. Go Big Red. Go Big Red. Go Big Red.